Frank, me. Uh, in the midst of our season of joy, Zman Simchatenu, I am overjoyed to be here with Temple Emmanuel, with your community on this Shabbat of Simcha of bountiful celebration. The weave of connections I share with your remarkable rabbis starts with Beth and Jonathan, and as you heard, it goes all the way back up that long and winding road in Saratoga that ended at the entrance of UAHC Camp Swig, where I served as program director for many years, and where, by the way, the young Ryan Bauer was an enthusiastic camper. <laughs> Rabbi Fenvis, Carla is a Wexner alumnus, as is your talented president, Donnie Friend. Rabbis Kushner and Pierce, I count you among my longtime teachers and mentors. Rabbi Mintz is a role model and a kindred spirit. And yes, what few people know, and not exactly a role I ever mastered, is that for one year, I was your Rebbitzin. <laughs> Seriously, in the year 2000, my husband, Rabbi Misha Zinko, was here as an interim rabbi, and he served alongside his longtime and cherished colleague, what, 1992? In my mind, it was so recent. <laughs> I was trying to be kind. Back when you were 10, Roz and Misha served together with such love and admiration. Cantor Luck and Cantor Addy, you represent an opportunity for future friendship, although I have to tell you both behind me, I've watched your YouTubes. Now, anyone else out in the congregation I know and love, consider yourself acknowledged. <laughs> On this Arab Shabbat, here in this Sukkot Shalom, this magnificent dwelling, sweet with the air of possibility, Shevatachim Gam Yachad, we join together, brothers and sisters, to celebrate the connection between Rabbi Jason Rodich and Emmanuel, between your newest rabbi and this community. Jason and I met several years ago when he became a Wexner Graduate Fellow. I was immediately drawn into his personal story, captivated by his visions and touched by his passion for the Jewish people. Indeed, his longing to serve and love all peoples. I was taken by the extent to which Jason had so early in life lived his truths and actualized his articulated values, Jewish values, in daily living. Of course, I love that he was a lanceman among the special breed from Minnesota we call the Frozen Chosen. Jason is that rare combination of dreamer and doer, a refreshing voice of hope and optimism for the North American Jewish community. He is fearless and focused. Our diversity, he boldly asserts, is among our greatest strengths. He speaks with kindness, with determination, and with gentleness. Rabbi Rodich has set himself on a path of knowing a path of learning and a path of creating that bright Jewish future. This autumn evening, we give thanks to God that his path is now joined with yours. A rabbi ordained a bit more than a year ago merges his personal journey with a congregation a bit more than 160 years old. It's a good shidduch. That is the wonderful world word we use to describe the perfect match, right? The word Shidduch 
has its origins in the Aramaic word meaning calm. Yes, calm. Because when two parties, be it two individuals, or the right person and the right place, or a new star connecting to an already stellar team, when they find each other, each party in the relationship experiences a sense of calm and contentment, a sense of yes. When Rabbi Rodich connected with this team of professionals and this congregation and this city, together with his husband Fran, he found, you found, a shidduch. When the search committee and the rabbi's singer received a yes from him, there was a sigh of calm and more an expression of excitement with the realization that yet again, Congregation Emmanuel is growing Mechael El Chayel from strength to strength. Your paths cross at a time of simmering, healthy, and disruptive revolution in Jewish life. Rabbi Rodich is embarking on his rabbinate as the Jewish community engages in its unique brand of it's good news, it's bad news discourse over our well-being. We are simultaneously fretting as only we can and action planning as only we do. My friends, I am confident you did not engage this visionary new rabbi with a mandate to join you and maintain the status quo. Leadership, we believe and teach at Wexner, is fundamentally about change. And change we know and learn from life itself is inevitably hard because it is always accompanied by loss. The loss of what was, the loss of what is, or the anticipated loss of what might be. But with every fiber of my being, I believe this to be the most pressing challenge for the new generation of Jewish leaders to serve the Jewish people as responsible, respectful, and yes, disruptive change leaders who will confidently, passionately, and holding fast to Torah's timeless values, lead the reform movement into a thriving, stimulating, and active Jewish revival. What does that mean? It means that while your rabbis and cantors lined up behind me where I can't see their faces, while they focus on the immediate demands of the day, demands that are both pressing and at times burdensome, it is incumbent upon them to consider in partnership with you a series of imaginative solutions for tomorrow's complex challenges. A change leader must see around the corner, must raise difficult questions that if left unexplored will find our congregations unprepared, catching up to rather than shaping that vibrant Jewish future. I know that Rabbi Rodich will ask you to consider complicated questions. It's part of his character. He has that very special and all too rare talent to both listen and speak with equal intent. Hear and wrestle with your new rabbi's questions.
How can we best satisfy the hunger of American Reform Jews for a more engaged and integrated Jewish life? What will the Reform Synagogue, as an institution of Jewish religious practice, look like in the years to come? How do we maximize the potential of our congregations as active, responsive centers of justice and of tikkun in a world so broken, so broken we can barely catch our breath from one overwhelming need to the next? How do we do God's work and pick up the broken pieces? How do reform communities bind themselves to a living and breathing Torah? Hear it, Emmanuel, your leaders are not intimidated by, by these questions, rather emboldened by them. Because in addition to this being a Beit Tefillah, a house of prayer, and a Beit Midrash, a house of study, and a Beit Knesset, a house of gathering, this congregation is and must continue to be noted as a Beit Imutz, a house of courage, and a Beit Optimiyut, a house of optimism. Sukkot is a holiday that requires us to fashion a fragile bite, a house, each and every year. The hallmark of a suitable sukkah is that it is at once stable enough to stand against October wind or rain, while rustic enough to let nature in. A sukkah must be open to the sky so that those who dwell in it are able to view the stars. Imagine, our tradition mandates us to annually live as our ancestors did at harvest time, to dwell in the sukkah as did our desert wandering forebearers. Each year we construct and dismantle Sukkot with wide entryways, dwellings intended to be crowded with diverse company. The ritual is thousands of years old but from one year to the next, the backyard sukkah itself is built anew. Institutional agility and permanence assured for all time, brilliant. Can the same be said for our congregations? We sit in a sturdy sacred space. This is a landmark structure housing a membership with deep roots and generational attachments. We can walk along hallways displaying photos of great men and women of renown. We can see mom's confirmation photo or grandpa's and even great grandparents as well. Your building is a symbol of stability in a city known for shaking things up. Congregation Emmanuel, it can be argued, is metaphorically a finely tuned aircraft carrier among reformed Jewish institutions. You are large, well-built, domed, steady, and can hold many, many circles of members at all stages of life, gathered in a variety of rooms for learning, for praying, socializing, eating, and for solace. Your minhagin, your customs are important. And depending on who you ask, this custom or that tradition is essential 
This one is immovable and must, and must never change. Now, you all know the right melody for Adon Olam, correct? It's the one you grew up with. And you are blessed with a reliable funding model and a developed governance structure. Some of your members are highly engaged and others less so. Turning an aircraft carrier can be slow, it can be tedious, and it requires patience. This, however, this is a congregation that has demonstrated that even the biggest of ships can and must, with wise navigation, with wise navigators, travel smoothly in new directions. Temple Emmanuel is built to last, in contrast to what some might call the shiny and attention-getting speedboats of Jewish life. Newly created organizations, living room minyanim, pop-up communities, and boutique Jewish interest groups emerging from the minds of quick-moving and smart innovators. They tend to be smaller, more agile, mobile, and yes, they can turn on a dime. These are enterprises not, at least not yet, managing long-held expectations, overhead, or governance structures. They are, in fact, reinventing governance, re redefining belonging, and rethinking funding. The now popular speedboat organizations of Jewish life often have low, if any, barriers to entry. They run on passion-driven participants and are energized by all-in volunteers. And the speedboats, are teaching all of us a great deal about the needs and interests and spiritual longings of especially young adult Jewish seekers. The particular beauty, the enduring strength of historical congregations such as this one, is that with the right mindset, an open institutional culture, and the right talent which you have in great number you possess the infrastructure, the foundation, and the fuel to do and be both. To move at the slow and steady pace that has supported your enduring presence at the corners of Lake and Arguello, and you can expand your doors and minds to accommodate speedy, fast-turning, and not always steady little vessels. You are at just the right corner in time and place to do it all, as challenging as that statement must sound. It is what historic congregations do to broaden the reach of an impassioned and lively Jewish entity. Embrace experimentation. It is something Rabbi Jason Rodich does well in his work. He enjoys the creative process. He is curious purposeful and playful in his thinking. My role at the Wexner Foundation enables me to know many of the stars across the expanse of the Jewish future. My friends, Rabbi Jason Rodich, like others with whom he shares this bima, shines brightly among them. The Talmud teaches that when Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah succeeded Rabban Gamliel as the head of the academy, he instituted some changes. <coughs> he was, in fact, an insightful change leader. 
Ben Azaria immediately removed the Shomer, the guard, from the entrance to the Beit Midrash. And in doing so, the doors were thrown wide open for the first time. According to the ancient text, people poured in from scholars to weavers. Saf Salim, benches had to be quickly added. Some say 400 Saf Salim, others say 700. Why does the number of benches matter? It is recorded in the text only to help us imagine a wildly transformed Beit Midrash, a new house of study, a new look institution created by Rabbi Ben Azariah. The Kitab Sofer asserts that the number 700 is not at all about seating capacity, but about the success of new leaders. It's not about being historically accurate, but this is a commentary on the impact of change leadership, of decision-making that is bold. The day that the doors were opened wide, the day that the leader changed the minhag, the custom, is, the Talmud tells us, recalled as an unparalleled day of Torah study. No question, says the Talmud, was left unanswered. No person was left outside. The best part about being a guest speaker is I can say whatever I want and I leave town by sundown tomorrow. So permit me, the chutzpah, to ask you to encourage your new rabbi Indeed, all of your leaders to, in some fashion, rearrange the Safsalim, reposition the Shomrim, and widen the openings for unprecedented levels of connection and participation in all of the spaces of Emmanuel. Rabbi Rodich will, I promise you, add to the quality of your Torah conversations. You have brought to this team a leader who makes demands of his students because he respects their intellect and their quest for richer understanding of our texts. He gives meaning to the word Rav, a caring teacher capable of thoughtfully and lovingly challenging the assumptions of those who came before him. That is exactly what makes him a good match for you. Jason is a fresh thinker, eyes on tomorrow, his heart and soul wrapped in the parchments of our past, a disciple of Benazaria. Congregation Emmanuel is leading Reform Judaism toward a more vibrant future. It will be a community as it is now centered around meaningful engagement. May these leaders on the Bema and all of you who will sit in these benches know both joy and feel comfort in this sacred bite, this home. May you all take the time to gaze in awe at the stars in the heaven's wide expanse. May you utter a prayerful sigh and say yes. Yes to opening our souls to the Ruach, the spirit of the divine, yes to us, to us sharing the journey toward that season when all will sit, brothers and sisters, rabbis, cantors, and their congregations, all will sit in an open sukkah of peace.
Yes. Shabbat Shalom.